Again, appreciate all of you being here today. Uh, I would ask you to just be mindful. Uh, our prayer is that, that um, as the service unfolds, that we would all have our hearts open to receive the Word of God. Uh, the Word of God preached is good, but unless it's received, it will be no benefit. Um, that's, what, uh, that's what Israel was told. It was their, their unbelief that hindered them from entering into the promised land. And so it always comes down to belief. Uh, and, and, but the Bible gives explicit uh, warnings that we need to receive the Word of God. And so that's our prayer as we go throughout the service, uh, whatever it is that God asks you to do. Sometime during the service, He's going to ask somebody to do something. Um, a service just ain't about the preacher preaching. It's the church. Uh, a church is not a place we go to. It's the people we worship with. That's the church. And so he's going to ask somebody here to do something, and I just pray that you would, you would do that, that he places upon your heart. Um, I do desire your prayers. Uh, turn with me two places, both in the Old Testament, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30 and Joshua chapter 24. Um, these are very familiar scriptures, uh, Deuteronomy 30 and, and Joshua 24. Um, and um, sometimes... Preachers, at least me, I won't speak for any of you, but sometimes I've got a general idea of the direction that we're going to go in, and then sometimes you don't. Uh, and so today, I really, I really don't. It's going to be as fresh to me as it is to you, probably. Uh, but uh, Brother Philip gave me some good advice Wednesday night. He said, Brother, now you don't have to preach you lose your voice. <laughs> so anyway, we'll see, we'll see how that goes. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 30. Um, and please pray for me. Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 15. Deuteronomy, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy 30, 11. Deuteronomy 30, 11. For this commandment which I command thee this day is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it? Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very nigh unto thee, in thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. See, I have set before thee this day life and good, and death and evil. In that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments, and his statutes, and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply, and that the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land whither thou goest to possess it. But if thine heart turn away, so that thou wilt not hear, but shalt be drawn away, and worship other gods, and serve them, I denounce unto you this day that ye shall surely perish, and that shall, you shall not prolong your days upon the land, whether thou passest over Jordan to go possess it. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you, that I have said before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life, that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life and the length of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. Now turn to Joshua chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24 uh, and verse 14. 
Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve, whether he that, I'm sorry, whether the gods which your father served on, that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord is our God. He is it that uh, brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt and from the house of bondage, uh, which did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way uh, wherein we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And I'm going to stop there. <clears throat> and I simply got to thinking this week uh, just about the thought of choices. Uh, and Wednesday night we were, uh, we were discussing... Um, we were discussing kind of deep doctrines in the Scripture. Um, when the Apostle Paul wrote of, uh, wrote of foreknowledge and predestination, and, and we said it's sort of a very, very deep subject, and the more you unwrap about it, the deeper it actually gets. Um, but I, I want to be clear on one thing. Uh, that, that, um, and, and, and before anybody criticizes me for what I'm about to say, uh, I'm not meaning it in the way that modern churches are meaning it. I'm not... Uh, I'm not ever going to get up here and say you just have to decide for Christ and, and raise your hand. That's not what I intend to mean. Uh, but what I will say is that there will come a day that you will have to make a decision and you will have to make a choice. Uh, we make choices every day. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, already this morning between those that are gathered in here, there's probably been hundreds or maybe uh, over a thousand choices that were made. Uh, whether to shut off your alarm clock, whether to hit snooze, whether to get up, what to have for breakfast, if you have anything for breakfast, what to wear, what time to leave, what time to get the kids up. And so we, we are faced with choices. And I read a study one time that said the average individual makes between two and 3,000 choices in one day. And if you think about it, that's a lot. But what we make we make a lot of choices just as second nature and muscle memory. And uh, but there are some things that we're going to have to decide on. Uh, and so, uh, so when I say make a decision, I'm not meaning decide for Christ and in that modern sense. But what I am going to say to you, as far as the doctrine of predestination, and uh, I want to make it very, very clear uh, that uh, that every man, woman, and child, not only in this room, uh, but that. In has ever been born and has ever lived in this earth. Uh, that the choice is theirs whether or not they will follow God uh, because God did not make us to be robots hey, if God simply in the beginning uh, predestinated to the extent that you did not have a choice whether you wanted to be saved or not uh, whether you were going to die lost and apart from God and sent to hell fire and nothing you could do about it uh, that wouldn't be a just God at all uh, and those that are saved and are supposedly chosen and elected uh, and, uh, and all of that. Uh, if that were truly the case that we had never a choice, then God would never receive honor. He would never receive glory. He would never receive praise. Uh, it's the choices that we make to serve Him. That's what gives Him honor. And that's what's given Him glory. And that's what gives Him praise to the highest in the heavens above and in the earth beneath is the choices we make. Uh, so when we decide, uh, we were talking, I, I, I sort of was touched this morning, Brother Danny, as you were 
talking about uh, the things that went into these floats that we built. And, and he said something that, uh, that made me pause and really think uh, that what if there's coming a day uh, you had to make a choice whether you participated, whether you were there, uh, whether you want to be involved with these kids or not. Uh, but there, uh, see, we can choose our choices, but we cannot choose the consequences of those choices. But every choice has a consequence. Every choice has a consequence. And so uh, so the godly choices uh, we're hoping will bear fruit and that one day these kids will stand up and begin to testify and will begin to teach their kids and then they'll teach their kids about the times and the, and the fun that we've had coming together as a church and worshiping the Lord and doing activities one with another. And we never know what one choice is going to lead to. Uh, God laid upon my heart a few weeks ago to preach about uh, preach about four horsemen. I have no idea why he done that. Uh, but a few weeks later, I got an email. Uh, a little girl in Barron County, I'm sort of connected with her family, and she said, Brother, I got saved. Uh, listen to that. And I'm not saying that for me. I'm saying that for you. You're the ones that pay to put this on Sermon Audio. All I simply do is record it and upload it. But you and your fruit and your choices and what you do with the money that God has through the church gives unto Him and to His people, you make that choice. And I just want you to understand people are hearing and there are some, if there was never another one, one would be plenty enough. But I've got, I've got a reason to believe that the gospel is going out. We're in a season now. You're going to be busy the next three weeks or the next four weeks of your life will probably be the busiest time of this entire year for most everybody in here. I hope that somewhere along the way we decide to make a choice. You see what happened 2,000 years ago when we celebrate Christmas. Christmas Day and we celebrate the birth and I'm going to preach a lot on Christmas the next few weeks and that's alright because here's the reason the, the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is one of the three most historical events that ever happened to this earth the other two being the death and the resurrection those three things combined make up the gospel and without that, there is none of this. And without that, there is no church. And without the gospel, there is no salvation. And but we all make choices. And those choices do have consequences. And you can go back to the very first human that God ever created. He created Adam. And then He created Eve. And they had a choice to make a long time ago. And their choice that they made. Uh, specifically, it said Eve was deceived. Uh, but the choice that Adam made. Uh, we are still bearing the consequences of his choice because of death. Because of one man, uh, let me uh, let me uh, counsel you, young children, right now. You pay close attention to me. Uh, one bad day, and everybody has bad days. Uh, you listen to me, mamas and daddies. One bad day, and one bad choice on one bad day, and your life and your children's life are changed forever. But. One good choice. Uh, one time if you say, I'm going to get my kids up. Uh, we don't normally come to Sunday school, but I'm going to get them up early this morning and I'm going to get them to Sunday school. I'm going to get them where we can talk and learn about a man named Jesus. Uh, one decision that you make uh, to expose your kids one time. Uh, those choices have godly consequences that will bear fruit forevermore. 
the choice that Adam made for by one man's disobedience, by one man's sin, entered into the world and death by sin. And so now death has passed upon all men. In other words, because Adam made one bad choice and one wrong choice and one sinful choice, everybody that has ever lived or will ever live has to die because of that choice. Don't tell me that what you choose to do in your life doesn't have consequences on other people. Yes, sir, it most certainly does. But also it says in the Roman letter by one man's obedience, by one choice, I knelt down in the Garden of Gethsemane when our Lord and Savior cried out to His Father, Father, if it be any other way that they can be saved, if I don't have to die, if I don't have to drink this cup to its dregs, if there can be any other way that they can ever believe and be saved and be united with us, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. And God said, no, it cannot pass. You have to drink it. And Jesus by one choice said, thy will be done. And by His choice, he didn't, they didn't take Him to the cross. He went to the cross. That's two entirely separate things. They didn't take Him anywhere. But every choice He made, it led Him straight to Golgotha's cross. It led Him straight to Calvary's hill. And as they led Him up there, He, didn't, he wasn't taken. He just went willingly. And by His choice, to die for sinful mankind, we can be saved. But let me tell you this, Adam's son also had a choice, two sons. God, I believe, showed Adam way early in the Garden of Eden what that sin, what that one choice, what consequences that would have. He showed him that when I believe that God Himself took a lamb in the Garden of Eden and he, he took a knife to the throat of that lamb and blood came out of that innocent little lamb he showed Adam very early on uh, that something innocent had to die and to cover your sins. He showed him that. I believe Adam taught his children that. I believe he taught that to Cain and I believe he taught that to Abel. Uh, however, when those children were grown, uh, Abel remembered that teaching uh, and Abel brought an offering unto God and he brought a blood offering. He brought an offering to blood uh, saying by that, I'm a sinful creature and a sinful man and I'm offering blood to be a covering for my sins. His brother, on the other hand, Cain, didn't bring a blood offering. He brought an offering from the ground. There are many churches today. There are many men behind these pulpits today that are preaching a prosperity gospel. If any road leads to heaven, if any avenue, if any religion real leads, really leads to heaven, you know what that means? That our Lord Jesus Jesus Christ is a liar because He said in John 14 that He is the way, the truth, and the life and that no man comes to God except through and by Him. So if He is not the only way, we can deem Him a liar right now. Amen. That's a choice that you must make. A choice that you must make is this Word of God. If it is the Word of God, then you have to make that choice. That what it says is the final and absolute authority for every man, woman, and child, for every soul that has ever been born or ever will set foot on planet Earth. If it is the Word of God, then why are we following it? You see, there are choices every day. 
but there is no greater. We'll make a choice on who you marry. You better choose wisely on that. You better choose right on that. Especially if you are intending to bring children into this world. You better choose wisely with the help of God on finding a help Amen. You better choose wisely because life is short. On the career, what avenue that you're going to go into? What trade do you want to take up? What do you want to do with your life? Also, I would ask that of God. Now, what do you want me to do with my life? What would bring you the most honor and glory? I mean, where you live, what kind of home you own, uh, where you live, uh, where you raise your family, where you go to church. Uh, there may be somebody here today that God is leading to join this church. Uh, in a minute, we're going to open these doors and you will have a choice to make. If He's knocking at your heart, why don't you follow Him? If the Bible is truly the Word of God and life is made up of choices and remember we have absolutely free will to choose our choices but we cannot choose the consequences of our choices those things are constant they're consistent they're not variables they are set in stone that this choice leads here and this choice I, I read about a place in the Rocky Mountains once I read about a place in the Rocky Mountains that uh, that there's uh, there's rivers that trickle down through those mountains and about the continental divide in the Rocky Mountains uh, uh, it might seem such a small thing uh, but there can be one drop of water and when that one drop of water gets to that divide uh, that it essentially makes a choice and if it goes right it goes into the, the Colorado River and dumps out eventually in the Pacific Ocean but if that that same drop veers to the left, it goes into the Mississippi River and ends up in the Atlantic Ocean. You couldn't be farther apart. And yet one little insignificant thing can separate you forever and ever. I mean to tell you the choice, the most important thing that you will ever decide is when God knocks at your heart, when He lets you know you're lost, when He lets you know you're separated, when He lets you know you're hell-bound, when He lets you know you're a sinner. I'm not saying decide for Christ and you're saved. I'm saying you will have to absolutely make the choice. Am I going to repent? Am I going to go to the altar? Am I going to fall on my face? Am I going to get right with God? And He will not force that choice on you. He gave you free will. He created you with a mind. He created you with a soul. He created you with the will to choose. And that's what these Scriptures say. Moses, this was at the end of his life. And Moses said, I'm going to call heaven and earth to record against you this day. He said, you know I've given you the law of God. You know these Ten Commandments. You know you saw me go up into the mountain. You were there at the foot of Mount Sinai when that smoke ascended or descended out of heaven itself and the smoke descended up on top of that mountain and there was a voice that every Hebrew could hear that told Moses, you come up to this mountain. And the people were scared. And Moses had to set boundaries up. And such a great event it was that even Moses, who was as close to God as any man has probably ever been, Moses looked at that and he said, I exceedingly fear and tremble. And he said, I quake. And so Moses went up there. Everybody's got a choice. Cain and Abel had a choice. They chose different things. And you know what Cain said? When God punished Cain, he said, your punishment is greater than I can bear. You mark her down, lost friend. The punishment of dying in that lost condition is far greater than you will ever want to carry. 
it's far greater than anything. I mean, you're talking about hellfire. You're talking about torments. There's an S on that word in Luke chapter number 16. That rich man said, he said in torments, plural, there's more than one. There's more than the fire. There'll be torment on top of torment on top of torment. And one decision, when God knocks at your heart, that's your choice. Uh, he won't force Himself. If God forced Himself uh, on somebody to be saved, we would never praise Him. For that wouldn't be our choice. But you do have that choice. You have that right to choose. That's a big thing in today's culture. The right to choose. Yes, sir. You have a right to choose. You have a right to choose, but not to choose uh, the consequences. But you are, even if you do nothing, doing nothing is making a choice. You know that. If you just sit there Sunday after Sunday and knowing you're lost and hellbound, and you continue to do, to do nothing, you have made that choice. Thanks be to God, there's forgiveness for our choices. There's forgiveness and there's repentance and there's grace and there's mercy. But you are making a choice. Before the service is over, if God impresses upon you to testify, you will have that choice. Do I follow Him? And now keep in mind that your choice is not just for you. It's for everybody that's in this place today. Amen. You have that choice to make. What if it's your testimony? Now, what if it's your te What if one of these kids stand up in 10 years and say, you know what finally broke my spirit? It was when sister so-and-so or brother so-and-so stood up with tears running down his face and began to tell about the things that God had done for him. You have that choice. But choices have consequences, both good and bad. So Moses said, I'm calling heaven to record against you. I'm calling, in other words, the record is clear. Moses said, I've set before you life and I've set before you death. And it's up to you to choose. Moses knew he was dying. He knew he was fixing to go up into a mountain and not ever come back down. And he wanted them to be clear on one thing. I've given you what will happen. I've told you the joys of serving God. I've told you the evils of serving Satan and Baal and all these other pagan people. Lot had a choice. You realize that uh, when he lifted up his eyes and Abraham said, Lot, whichever way you go, I'll go the opposite way. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. And Lot lifted up his eyes and he made that choice to go into Sodom. I believe he knew exactly what Sodom was. I believe he knew the evil that lurked there. Uh, but because he saw wealth for himself and his family, he made that choice. And into Sodom he went. You know, well, the last time we see Lot, the last time God did send deliverance, God did bring Lot out of Sodom. But you know when Lot vanishes off the pages of the Scripture? You ever read that? I know you know about coming out of Sodom and Gomorrah and about the fire and brimstone coming down and about his wife making her choice and turning into a pillar of salt. You know that story. But you continue to read on a chapter or two and Lot fades off the pages of the sacred Holy Scripture with this thing. Now, Lot had two daughters and those two daughters went into their father and got him drunk, committed incest with him and by the incestual relation of that man and his two daughters, they birthed two of the most horrific enemies that Israel had to face for the next several hundred years. That was Lot's choice. 
That was Lot's decision. It hurt him. It not only hurt him, it hurt his daughters. It not only hurt his daughters, it hurt his grandchildren. It not only hurt them, but every Hebrew that has ever been born, it affected their life. By one bad decision on one bad night. You hearken unto me. That's all it takes. I know personally good people that came from good families and from good homes with good teachings and with good raisings. You listen to me and be very careful. Just because your children are in God's house don't mean they'll always continue to be. They're going to have to make a choice. And you as parents, you're going to have to make a choice. What are you putting priorities in? Is it getting them to the gospel? We talked in Sunday school about how throughout the centuries that it has been mostly the women that have done that. And men, let me just be perfectly blunt with you. God intended that to be your job. You read the Scriptures. It's the man's job as the head of the house to do what Joshua just said. He said, you choose. He said, if you want to serve the gods of your fathers on the other side of the flood, and by flood, he didn't mean Noah's flood. He meant the Euphrates River. If you want to serve those pagan gods uh, that Egypt served in Egypt, if you want to serve the gods of those pagans on the other side of the Euphrates, then that is your choice. But he said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm thankful for the job you ladies do. But men, that is on you. 100% on the man to make sure his children are in God's house. And we have failed at that. But there are choices. So Lot made that choice and had disastrous consequences. And Moses and Joshua fought those bands and armies of men out of that incestuous relationship between Lot and his daughters. All because one day, Lot looked towards Sodom and he said, you know what? I could make a good living there for my family. And we could have money there. We could really be somebody. Let me tell you something right now. I'm not concerned about being somebody. I just want to be a servant and a man of God. That's all I care about. I don't care the somebodies and the accolades. You can have all of that. You know what Paul said? He said, every accolade that was ever heaped upon me before I was saved, I consider them done. They don't mean a thing. You know what Solomon said? He said, everything that I've done and bought and piled up and accumulated and all the places I've went, when it comes down to the end, all of that is vanity of vanities. Everything is vanity, saith the Lord. There are decisions that we must make. There are decisions that will not only impact you. You think about a father that comes and, and, and repents and, and your children see that. I mean, that's set an example. I mean, there are choices that we make. Uh, Daniel made the choice to go into a den of lies. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, made a choice to go into a furnace of fire. Uh, Moses made a choice uh, rather to suffer affliction with the people of God uh, than to rejoice in the pleasures of sin for a season. And every choice had massive consequences. You might say, what, are, what do you mean? I mean, I made one choice carnally one time. Uh, sort of carnally, sort of not, I guess. I made one choice when I was in high school to go to one basketball game. And in that one basketball game, uh, there was a little girl or a young woman sitting in front of me. And my knees kept rubbing her in the back and kneeling her in the back. And she made a choice to turn around and give me a what for. And now we've been married 25 years. Listen, that's funny, but I'm being serious. 
One choice, one night, one ball game. That's all it took. Every choice has consequences. Some are very good. Some are very bad. As far as predestination goes, you need to concern yourself. That's really a doctrine for the saved to understand. If you're here today and lost, there is but one thing you need to understand. When God knocks at your heart, reveals to you your loss, you will know that. And it is up to you to get right with God. And if you put all your faith and all your hopes and everything into it and trust Him with everything you got, He will save you. I don't care who you are. God has predestinated, sure. You know who He's predestinated? Those who repent and believe. That's it. It's your choice. And He will not make that for you. But I'll say this. If you're not sorry, you are against Him. If you're not one of His, then you're against Him. If you're not saved, if you're still lost, you are at enmity with God. And just as that little drop in the Rocky Mountains divides and never comes back together, one in one ocean, one in the other, there is going to come a day of great separation uh, when two will be standing at work and one will be taken and one will be left. Uh, there will be two at home in the bed and one will be taken and the other will be left. Uh, there is coming a great divide one day and the choice you make today will influence where you spend eternity. You mark that down. Moses said, I'm calling heaven and earth to record against you this day. I'll do the same thing. I've preached before you in the past. Jesus Christ, His death, burial, and resurrection. And I'm telling you, if you don't trust in that, you are hell bound. And that's not God's fault. You can't say not one soul in hell today. Not one. No, not one can ever say I tried. I repented. I believed. And because I wasn't predestined, God sent me to hell anyway. No, sir. If you end up in the pit and the flame and in the fire, that is on you. God provided a way and a means of escape in that awful place. But can I tell you something else? There's much more to salvation than to being saved. I made a choice one night that has went with me up till now and it's going to continue with me forever and ever. The choice I made one night as a broken hearted sinner. You see, everything was fine. I went into church. You know what the man of God did? He called heaven and earth to record to witness against me that night. And I had to make that choice. God revealed to me sitting on a pew in a little Methodist church. He revealed to me I was lost. I needed to get right with God. I didn't really know what to do. But as a broken hearted sinner, I made that choice. I'm going to go. What's the hurt? What can it hurt? I mean, you're seeking and searching for eternal life. What can it hurt to come to an altar? The altar didn't save me and it won't save you. But let me ask you, what would it hurt? I saw, I saw no, uh, no harm in going and a lot of harm if I didn't. And so I made that choice and I went. And I prayed and I went and I cried. And somehow, some way, God reached down and I reached up. As Philip likes to say, there was a point of contact made that changed me forever. I've never ever I've regretted a lot of things I've done. That's one thing I've never ever regretted. Amen. Because it has consequences. And the consequences of that one choice on that one night. I can stand before you today and say I'm going to where the Lord is. 
that He's coming back for me. That one day He's going to call me. That out of all the people, He's going to want me to be there. Out of all the people in heaven, I'm going to be amongst some of the giants, uh, amongst the apostles, amongst those prophets. Somehow, someway, this little nobody is going to find himself raised up into the presence of God and all the holy angels. Angels had a choice when Jesus was born and the word got out they heard Gabriel say, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. Those angels had a choice and the choice they made was suddenly heaven lit up and the sky lit up with the heavenly host shouting praises realizing that that little babe lying in a manger was the one that created them from everlasting. They made that choice. The other angels long ago made a different choice. And they're doomed forever. There's nothing they can do about that. They made that choice. We have choices that we all have to make. Another choice I made, God called me to preach. I had to make that choice. God knew, God knew John the Baptist was going to follow him. His wife said he was blessed from his mother's womb. But John still had to choose that. God knew I was going to preach, but I didn't know that. I had to make that choice when he called me. And then when he called me to join a church, I had to make that choice. When he impressed upon me what the real meaning of baptism is, it's showing the world that you're not the same. That you go into that watery grave and that represents Jesus Christ being buried. And when you come out of that grave of water, it's a, it's a representation. It's an outward experience and symbolism of an inward change that you've died in the sin. You've died in the self. you passed from death unto life. And now you are raised from the dead forevermore. Amen. God revealed that to me. Told me to join this church. I still had to make that choice. You know what? You'll never regret that. I understand. I understand that for some people, that choice is harder when it pertains to this church. Because unfortunately, there are consequences with wherever you're at now. If you happen to be a visitor, there will be consequences. And I'm truly sorry for that. But can I say to you today, if you follow the Spirit of the Lord, you don't have to worry about those consequences. Amen. You don't. God will take care of you. Follow Him. Follow His Spirit. If he's dealing with you today and you're lost, maybe you say, Preacher, I don't know. I don't know if I'm... You know what? There are consequences to not knowing. You need to get that figured out and I'm not fussing on you. I know that you already understand that. I just want to say I'm calling heaven to record against you this day. You need to get serious. You need to figure out where it is because there's coming a day of great separation and in that day there is no more choice to make than where you spend eternity and how your family lived in this life. I'll go as far as to say that. You can give them a good life. You can make choices for jobs that make more money. But in doing that, if you're pulling them out of the church, it's not worth it. It's not. You can give them the pleasures of this life. You can be sure they're involved in all extracurricular activities, which is good. And it builds a sense of teamwork. But if they're missing church, it's not worth it. There are choices. And there are consequences. And I'm glad God gave us free will. I'm glad I chose one night. I didn't raise my hand aside for Jesus. But I chose when His Spirit drew me down to a place of repentance. I chose. I cast my lot 
in with that Nazarene. And what did Joshua say? He is your life. He is my life. He's the only thing that gives my life meaning. I mean real meaning and real hope. He is every... I asked you a question a few weeks ago. What is He worth to you? Joshua told him in that earlier chapter of 20 verse, chapter 24, I didn't read that, but he said, you know not one thing in chapter 23. He said, you know in your hearts and souls that not one thing has failed. That everything God said He'd do for you, He did for you. And not one thing has failed. And you know that in your hearts and in your souls. And then in chapter 24, he gives a list from the time that God called Moses out of Egypt to lead His people, all the plagues, everything that He put on Pharaoh, that marvelous cross in the Red Sea, and Joshua said, now you have to decide for yourself. You know that God has been true and honest with you, but choose this day whom you will serve. Daddies, you choose this day. Mamas, you choose this day. You're going to raise your children right and nurture and admonition of the Lord. You're going to study. Let me say this. Your expectation of a pastor should meet your commitment as a member. And if it does that, then we're good. And if it doesn't, then me and you both have got stuff to work on. You understand that. It takes all of us, not just the man of God, not just the deacon. It takes every member of the Lord's church to put everything into it. And if we do that, there will be consequences. But those consequences, we're going to shout the glory down one day. Those kind of consequences. But it will all start with one choice and one heart and one man and one woman and one boy. It will start and begin and revival begins with one choice that you make. They have everlasting consequences. And Joshua said, He is your life, but you choose. So I asked you a question a few weeks ago. What is He worth to you? And in my opinion, there's only one answer to that that's right. And it's just one word. Everything. Everything. He's either everything to you or He's simply nothing to you. He's either the God of everything in your life or He's God of nothing in your life. There is no gray area. There is no purgatory. There is no in-between. What is He to you? Is He everything? Or is He nothing? And I realize we sin. I sin more than you probably. There is forgiveness. I'm so thankful. There's a way back. If you've walked afar off from Him, if you've not raised your family the way you ought, there's a way back. Come home. Just come back. There is a way back. If you've been excluded and happen to be listening to this on the internet and some, maybe in this county or another, there is a way back. The church is, uh, is, uh, is uh, uh, required to forgive you and make full restitution lest we be overtaken with such a fault. That is a choice that you have to make. But I promise you, there are consequences to staying away. There are consequences to coming in. There are consequences to quenching the Spirit and not testifying. And there are consequences if you do. But that's a choice that you'll make. And I can't make that for you. I'm simply here to call heaven and earth to record and witness against you this day. That your life, your life. I realize there are some choices that have been taken away from some people. Some things we have no control over. You don't choose to be sick. That is either with you or not. 
That doesn't mean God doesn't love you. It doesn't mean God's punishing you. It's because of one choice that Adam made. Sickness would have never existed had he not made that choice. That one, the sickness is not God's doing. That's the work of sin and Satan. That's that choice. But the choices you make determine how you live, how your family lives. It'll determine in 30 years' time if this church is still here, if these kids that we're spending time with are still here, if they grow up, get saved, join the church, become members. Some of them hopefully will be deacons. Some of them will be pastors and evangelists, Sunday school teachers. But it all starts with the choice that you make today. And then you build upon that. And there'll be days you make some bad choices. And you just pray for grace in those times. Choices and their consequences. That's what I've got for you today. God bless you. We're going to open the doors of the church. The altar's open. If you need to come and pray, if you need to come and join, if you need to testify or shout and say, just choose wisely. Go ahead, brother.